Hey, I'm Jordan, that's Lauren, and welcome to the His Film, Her Movie podcast. You know what, it's actually going to be quite hard to not make food-based puns throughout this entire podcast. I don't have any food-based puns, I don't think. I think I might have to crack some open. Oh god, that was so bad. <laughs> oh, what have we done? <laughs> well, hello um, to, the his, to the His Film Home Movie podcast. Save yourself, just turn off now if he's <laughs> going to be doing them all the way through. <laughs> I'm Jordan, that's Lauren. Hi. And we are, as we say, we're a movie podcast that takes subjects both pick a film and discuss them. Yeah. And, I mean, before we get into it, what are we covering this week? This week we are doing films that make you hungry, a.k.a. the Stanley Tucci, like... Appreciation. Appreciation Society for this week. (laughs) To be honest, we both didn't know we were picking films that had Stanley Tucci in them, but we did. Made my week so yeah, much better. It's a nice little surprise. Yeah. So what are you, well, well, what's your pick? My pick is Julie and Julia. Yeah, the Nora Ephron movie. It is the Nora Ephron movie. Yeah, and I chose A Big Night, the, well, actual Stanley Tucci and Campbell Scott directed film um, from 1996. Yes. Oh, trying to think, do we have any anything to communicate to the listeners this week or no just pop on over to our instagram at his film her movie podcast yeah have a little look for us on facebook also on um his movie no his film her movie podcast got that one wrong um drop us a like send us a message yeah follow us for random videos and memes that i find on the internet absolutely absolutely we're good yeah, so we might as well just get right into it. Yes. Cool. What film do you want to cover first? Let's cover mine first this week. <laughs> Julie and Julia. I had this notion, God knows why, that poaching eggs would be simple. But I was deeply wrong. Gently push the white over the yolk with a wooden spoon for two to three seconds. Immediately. Ew. Disgusting. It took three of us crammed into the kitchen over a pot of simmering water, but eventually we nailed it. Hello. Welcome. How cute is that? And I ate my very first egg of my whole life, ever, ever, ever. I thought eggs were going to be greasy and slimy, but it tastes like cheese sauce. Yum. Okay, so as John says, this is the 2009 Nora Ephron film. This was actually her last film yeah. that she did. And it's based on um, a lady called Julie. She um, is turning 30. All of her friends are very successful. It's about... It's not too long after 9-11. Yeah, yeah, She's yeah. working in the government um, call centre, and she just feels that nothing is happening in her life. Yeah, she's got nothing really to, apart from her husband, nothing really to live for. 
She's got a cute cat. She's got a cute cat. Yeah. So um, she decides that she's going to write a blog and she is going to spend a year working her way through the Julia Child's book, The Art of French Cooking. Yeah. Mastering the Art of French Mastering Cooking. Mastering the Art of French Cooking. Sorry, I've, I've, I keep on writing it like short. <laughs> so long. So she spends a year doing that. She writes about her experiences. But at the same time, you also get a little throwback to Julia Child and her career. So um, when her and her husband moved to Paris and how she got into the Cordon Bleu cooking school and then how she um, ended up becoming a world-famous uh, author for her book well, that's and a, chef. Yeah, you see her creating the book. Yes. Because that book is an institution nowadays. It is, yeah. It's in, I mean, sold millions and millions of copies and it's how she came from not being able to, say, boil an egg to yeah. being one of the world's most sought-after cookery personalities. Yeah, and I picked this film because the, the food in it just looks amazing. Yeah. It's gorgeous. This, like, she says about how the best thing in life is just butter. Yeah. It is, really. It is just butter. And I, I'm going to shot on their names. So JC, Julie Child. Right. And JP is Julie. Right. So JP has never even boiled an egg. Yep. She goes through all these different kind of recipes and it's really about her finding herself and, um, she annoys the living daylights out of her husband. Mm-hmm. She becomes completely obsessed with JC. She's just a woman possessed for yes. a year. But it teaches her a lot about herself. Um, whereas you um, then look at the, the the throwback to JC trying to find her place in the world as well. Um, so her, hus- her and her husband, Paul, moved to Paris... She says about how the wives play bridge and they make hats and they do sewing and everything. She's bored out of a box. Yeah. She's obviously, she's worked at most of her life. She needs a challenge. This becomes her challenge and she overcomes sexism and the language barrier. And to some points, even she jokes about like, her height because she's so much taller than everybody else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they had to, when she makes her own kitchen, her kitchen, the counters are higher, so it's more comfortable for her to cook. Um, so she overcomes so many things to then create this wonderful book because she says there's a massive gap in the market. She wants, she's came over as an American, she wants to learn to cook proper French cuisine and there is nothing to help them mm. except, uh, like, books in complete French, which yeah. I wouldn't be able to do. Yeah, and I mean, that's what I really like about the movies because it's these two separate stories, but they are very interlinked and they're very interlinked with the fact that you've got two women finding themselves through food mm-hmm. and in two different generations as well, um, which is really quite interesting because you've got the this backdrop of queens and yeah. of... Um, 
not being in squalor, but not being so well off. Yeah. And then you've got the extravagance of Paris and how that sort of plays plays against each other and the fact that Julia Childs doesn't really need to work and she sees this as a hobby that then goes into a career. Yeah. Um, And Amy Adams is having to work with no hobby. So she's trying to find a little bit more to broaden her life a bit. Mm-hmm. And I do like the aspect of the movie. I love Meryl Streep in it. Meryl Streep plays Julia Childs. She's wonderful. Meryl Streep isn't an actress anymore. She is an institution. She is. Because she, it's one of those things. It's People do laugh about it, but near enough, every single performance that she gives gets nominated for an Oscar nowadays. I think they do do it just to troll people. <laughs> but here, it's... Her personality and the way she portrays Julia Childs, it's its so bubbly and joyous, but never overly done. It's never, never like... Fake. It's never fake and it's never annoying. No. its You you get the authenticity of it. Yeah. And I do like that. Mm-hmm. And like, as we said, like Stanley Tucci in this, he yeah. is a very modern husband in a time where... There was no modern mm-hmm. husbands. He's very supportive. He's very loving. Um, that he's he thinks his wife having a career and becoming famous is very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He loves it. He's he, he's just like do whatever you want, and I will support you along the way. And he just gets to eat wonderful food. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. What, well, both husbands do kind well, of. Well, both husbands do. But yeah, I think Stanley Tucci definitely wins out on being the best husband. What what was your favorite meal Ooh. in the in this film? Because what was the one that makes you feel hungry? Well, that's a good question. To be honest, mm-hmm. and I do I, I do like duck. So that final recipe is really quite nice. But anything with mushrooms and cream, yes. That's wholesome food for me. Mine, like, it's it's literally like the first thing that she does. It's the artichokes with the hollandaise. Because I just look at that hollandaise and I just think, that looks <laughs> amazing. Just, 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 I love hollandaise. Yeah. And it's so hard. Like, I can't make it. I, I buy it. I <sighs> go out and I get a proper chef to make it for me. <laughs> um, but, like, the hollandaise is just beautiful. It's like thick and the perfect yellow and i don't even think i would ever like artichokes but i love the idea of like just dipping it in yeah because it makes me think of when we have camembert and we dip the bread in the camembert yeah. again amazing artichokes are very hard to they're very hard to cook they just they brown very very quickly so you've got like c- cover them in they lemon can, they can like taste like aniseed oh no they've got a very strong Strong flavour, um, but we'll, we will get you trying them. Okay. I think I think I think there's some in the fridge, but we're just talking about normal domestic stuff now. But <laughs> which yeah. is not interesting to our <laughs> listeners. No, just what's in our fridge. Yes, but, but yeah, that's that's my favourite one because I just think it looks so simple, so beautiful, and so nice. I just think, oh, and, and lush. And what I like. Again, the thing is, I'll talk about, I do like this movie quite a lot. I never, I had not seen it. I know, I like that you'd not seen it. So it's one of those past, I mean, when I used to watch the, the the Oscars every year, which I don't anymore, and obviously this was nominated for a few Oscars at the time, but it just, it never really jumped out at me. 
I mean, to be honest, it was before I really saw myself as a foodie, so I didn't really care about that angle. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's it's an adorable little movie, and it's as soon as it starts, you can tell there's, there's this sort of kind of self-deprecating, sharp wit about it, which makes it so Nora Ephron. Yeah, and you can see those threads of like her great movies of the past. She just the way she writes dialogue, it's. Everything's just so easy. Yeah, yeah. It's a lovely, easy watching film. And that's and the thing is, what I like it because there's there's no real drama. There's no villain. It's no. just like this little portion. Well, this little year journey. I, I, because it's like that, I feel like it's more realistic. Because mm-hmm. not all the recipes go well. There are times where she just like like everything just falls on the floor and she has a like meltdown. Yeah. Yeah, that probably me. I have done that over scones. <laughs> Couldn't make scones. Cried on the floor. <laughs> so I, I, I feel her. I've done it. Yeah, I actually also think what's quite, quite interesting about it is it's about being somewhere at the right time and seeing a gap. Mm-hmm. Because you've got obviously got Julia Charles seeing the gap of the well, there's no English language French cuisine book and wanting to do that, but mm-hmm. Julie is at this. I mean, I don't know when the actual book was written or the blog was I think written. It's two thousand and two. Yeah, so the internet isn't massive yet. It's, no. it's big, but blogging and, and thing isn't isn't as prominent as it is now. So it's taking advantage of there not being laws out there and people getting to to read her and mm-hmm. to to actually get a fan base and then make that into career, which I think is it is it's it shows the difference gener- generationally of the different markets of how you communicate with your audience. Yeah, definitely, definitely. There, have... there are a few scenes that I really like. Which ones do you really like? The scene where she is, well, she has to, as she says, kill a crustacean. Um, lobster killer. The lobster killer. But when you've got talking heads, is psycho killer over it. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. It's so, so good. We've already discussed this. If um, I, I will not be killing any lobsters. That would be Jordan's job because I just couldn't do it. Absolutely. Well, not a problem, not a problem. But it's also, it's very sweet and it's very charming. It's very mm-hmm. saccharine, but never really overly so. No, I think it's it, it's like a really nice feel-good film. It's one that you can watch again and again and you can notice the other little bits. And um, it's, it's a woolly jumper on a winter day. Yeah, and... I actually requested to watch this because I I was just I've just been having nightmares. Yeah. Nightmares about the wedding and not sleeping and I was like we're going to watch this and then I'm going to relax and then I'm going to go to bed and we watched it and I didn't have nightmares that night. There you go. It's just it's such a nice You woke up hungry but you I didn't have nightmares. I woke up hungry. I woke up like eating the pillow. <laughs> but I didn't have nightmares which Honestly, it sounds so stupid. That's what I can say good about this film. Oh, it's, yeah. It's so calming and just so nice. And it is, like you said, like a big woolly jumper. Yeah. I I do feel like we failed in not having snacks for any of these films. Oh, true, true. But um, I got some popcorn, microwaveable popcorn, so we can have that <laughs> later. And also, um, Alexander Desplat's score mm-hmm. is, I mean, that French, French influence of runs right through the film and it's 
just so pleasant to listen to. Yeah. It, 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 it's very strange because we keep repeating ourselves. Saying, this is just a nice movie. <laughs> it's just a nice film. It, it's really well written. Do you have anything else to add? Do you have any fun facts? Um, I have three. Okay. So all the food was real. All the food. They ate the food. Um, and Noro, um, Efron. Efron wanted everybody to have real reactions to the food, to really eat the food. So all the food that they eat and all the reactions in the film are, are real. Um, with that in mind, Meryl Streep gained £15 pounds whilst doing this film. <laughs> just just from enjoying herself and eating, which sounds like the best. I would get paid to put on weight. <laughs> I would do really well with it. And um, the final one, uh, at one point, Julia Childs goes to a bridge teacher to teach her how to play bridge. And that teacher is actually Julia Childs' grandniece. Oh, okay. So throw back to the family. Very nice. In that. So, yeah. Brilliant. They're my three fun facts. Excellent. So we will have a little break and we'll come back with my choice. Big night. You like the 1980s, don't you? Of course you do. We all do. But have you ever wondered why that decade was the way it was? Have you ever wished there was somewhere you could go to get past the usual day-glow sentimentality? To try and understand 1980s pop culture in a more social, political and historical context? Because if so, it sounds to me like you're ready to go beyond the aesthetics, beyond the nostalgia. Welcome to Beyond the Neon. Beyond the Neon is the podcast that dares to pull over the Testarossa, eject the Wham cassette, and take off the Wayfarers. If you're looking for retro reviews of Back to the Future, The Goonies, or John Hughes movies, you, you will, will not, not find, find that, that here. If you're looking for top 10 lists of A-Team episodes, Nintendo games, or Stranger Things references, you, you will, will not, not find, find that, that here. here. If you're looking for long, boring introductions, Squarespace ads, or Patreon begging, you, you will, will not, not find, find that, that here. here. Because Beyond the Neon, we do things a little differently. In each documentary-style episode, I look at one area of 1980s popular culture and break it right down. And each episode features academic insight, guest contributions and interviews, as well as clips plumbed from the depths of the 1980s cultural void. Well, YouTube, mainly YouTube. To help illustrate the wonderful, perplexing, terrifying, joyous and utterly thrilling world of 1980s pop culture. Beyond the Neon might not be as regular as other 1980s podcasts, but that's because Beyond the Neon isn't like other 1980s podcasts. Subscribe to the show today and check out all past episodes by visiting beyondtheneon.co.uk. Monsieur, is this what I ordered? Yes, that is a risotto. Oh. It's a special recipe that my brother and I bring from Italy. It's delicious, I promise. It took so long I thought you went all the way back to Italy to get it. Yes, I, I know, but it's worth it, I, I, I promise. You would like a fresh pepper or cheese? No, I don't need cheese. Cheese, yeah. Oh, yeah. Cheese. Lots, like cheese. Of, lots yeah? of cheese. Yeah. Okay. Excuse me, I did, didn't you say that this was going to be rice with seafood? Uh, yes. Yeah. That is, um, it is uh, Italian arborio rice, the best. Mm -hmm. And then uh, with shrimp and scallop and... I don't I just don't see anything that looks like a shrimp or a scallop. I just, well, I'm just, I mean, it's just it's not what I expected. But I get a side of spaghetti with this, right? Why? Well, no. I thought all main courses come with spaghetti. Well, some, yes, but you see, risotto is rice, so it is a starch, and it doesn't go really with pasta. But I don't... Honey, honey, order a side of spaghetti, that's all. And I'll eat your meatballs. Yeah, he'll have the meatballs. Well, um, the spaghetti comes without meatballs. 
There are no meatballs with the spaghetti? No, sometimes spaghetti likes to be alone. Okay, so Big Night is a film from 1996. Yep. Directed by Stanley Tucci and Campbell Scott, who both appear in the movie. Yep. So it tells a story of two immigrant Italian immigrant brothers set in New Jersey in the 1950s and it is the the day and the night of um this restaurant and of Primo who's played by Tony Shaloub and Secondo who's played by Stanley Tucci. Yes. Um and they're struggling to really make this restaurant a success. They seek out the help of Pascal, who is the owner of a competitor, a competitor restaurant across the road, and he arranges for a jazz, a famous jazz singer, to come and dine at his restaurant to hopefully create a bit of buzz mm-hmm. and help them succeed. Yeah, and like I say most weeks, I only pick films that I love, <laughs> and this I is. Films. I love you. Well, just happen to hate some of them. I've only hated one. Mm, you pull faces at others. I, well, to be honest, I hated Empire Records more enough to hate most of them. But so, <laughs> <sighs> but no, so far, <laughs> shocked face, shocking, shocked face. See, so yeah, I, I really do. I adore this movie so much. It, it's a casserole of characters. God. <laughs> um, simmering away. Oh, look, see, I can crack them out all the time. This is like a really bad sort of dad joke <laughs> thing, okay? You're not a dad. Don't be doing dad jokes, <laughs> okay? Not so, good, not good. But it's, what I quite like about it is it's it's character actor central. Yes. And you've got Tucci, you've got Shalob, you've got Campbell Scott, you've got Ian Holm, you've got Alison Janney, you've got Isabella Rossellini. It's Mini a, Driver. Mini Driver. And all of them are just on top form. Yeah, and they're really good. It's, yeah, it's this, I mean, again, it's a, don't mean it by a pun, but it's like a boiling pot. If you've got all these characters on and you just know something's going to, something's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And the drama comes from there and what we what you really have as well is you got it's a story of authenticity and it's a story of what is actually best is 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 the customer always right in a way mm-hmm. we open on a scene where you've got Secondo trying to explain to to sort of America New Jersey people things, yeah. what Italian food is yeah and they were just like okay well Oh, I'll have a side of spaghetti, but I don't want the meatballs. And he's like, well, it doesn't come with meatballs. And they were so shocked and so horrified that it didn't come with meatballs, even though the woman didn't want meatballs. Yeah. And she just didn't, she didn't understand risotto. And the guy with the cheese is like, more cheese, more cheese. He had to keep on putting more cheese on. And it was like, oh, why? This looks like amazing Italian food. What are you doing? Why are you destroying it? But that's it. it. It's, I think it's a nice little argument of people's perception of culture and mm-hmm. actual culture. Because mm-hmm. you've got Primo, who is the chef of their Paradise Restaurant, and he is this stubborn, I will give them the food and they will like it and it will be authentic and it will be real Italian food. Sounds great. And... Their restaurant 
isn't doing well. Where have you got Pascal across the road who is full every night, who um, has, I mean, these sort of great parties. He's, mm-hmm. he's successful. He's, he's rich. He drives new cars. But he delivers an experience of what people think Italia, Italian cuisine is like. Whereas he does spaghetti and meatballs and things like that, where oh, yeah. it's but it, it, it argues what's right is trying to play to the customer to be successful. Is that the smart move, mm-hmm. or is being so being so stubborn that you may fail the right move? Yeah, or is it as to be honest? What I think Secundo's idea is bit of both yeah i feel like a little bit of both like when he said we we do what they want and then we give them what we want but yeah pascal says that to yeah. to secundo doesn't he? he's like sort of saying okay well yeah, yeah and, then primo, and then secundo says it to primo um but yeah it's it's a really interesting film because it's it's identity it's all about identity it's all about identity but through food mm-hmm. it's all it's also about immigration i think as well because yes. Obviously, your most of the characters within the film are um, immigrants, and it's it's like them losing their identity. Do they completely assimilate into American culture? Yes, and lose their Italian identity, or do they stay true to that but are never fully accepted? Absolutely, and that's the word I was going to use: is assimilate. It's like where where where's the line there? Yeah. And I think Primo is very much on the line of we are Italians. Where Secondo is, well, yes, we are, but we're living in this land, and we need to Make not be as yes, absolutely try and be successful. Yeah. So, what did you think about this film? Um. Well, I really liked it. At first, I was like, "Where's the food?" Yes, because there was barely any food for like the first hour, forty-five minutes. Um, I love like how things were shot, like how when. Um, Secundo went to go see Pascal and there was the you could see from like Secundo's point of view only part of Pascal's face because of the lamp and then you could see Secundo through the lamp when you were sitting for Pascal which I thought was I love that I thought that was very good it made you really feel um, like how how it should be Um, I was all for Secundo loved him didn't like what he was doing. We realised he was a cheater. Didn't like him then. But, but was like, mm. that, I think that shows like sort of a real side to the story, though, as well. It, obviously, it, it, it gives a bit of a drama. And it does, but he comes across so lovely. And then you're like, you're hurting people here. Yeah, this isn't very good. Um, I love, I love the quote: "To eat good food is to be close to God." Yes, I love it. And then. The thing that we burned both went, oh my God, we need to eat this. And I wrote it down and I underlined it. Pesto risotto. Yes. It just looked amazing. Looked absolutely amazing. And since I am the risotto person in this house, I will look it up and I will find a recipe and I will make you pesto risotto but, but I on think, Sunday. Oh, lovely. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I think what the make... See, the food doesn't come really until like the, the third act. No. Um, to the big night, in no. effect. But... When the, I love kitchens, 
I have a huge thing. I mean, for anybody who doesn't know, I, I love to cook and I love food. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a big part of my life and I'm, I take it quite seriously in a way. He, he really does. Um, and I love to see a kitchen. I love to see a prepped kitchen and a kitchen so that's sort of alive. And it's the prepping, prepping of the pasta and of the signature dish of this, which is a timpano, mm-hmm. which is this pasta pie Pasta pie. It's like they make the fresh pasta, they make penny pasta, fresh penny pasta, then put it in a bowl that's been lined with extra thin sheets of pasta with ragu sauce, meatballs and hard-boiled egg and then just pile on more sauce and then wrap it all up and then leave it. So we're assuming that it kind of hardens, cooks... Yeah, yeah, Whatever, yeah. just from the moisture of the ingredient. And they stick it in the oven. Do they stick it in the oven yeah, in the end? Yeah, yeah. Okay, and then you stick it in the oven, and then, great, we have a pasta maker. <laughs> we could try this. We could do it, but I think that, but I think having those, that signature dish, it's, it's, in effect, it's kind of like even like a MacGuffin of that final act. It's like, when is this going to be coming out? Because, mm-hmm. secondo, I mean, we're talking about when the big night actually finally happens, it gets later and later and later and later and the um, famous jazz musician doesn't turn up so they just start to decide to eat. Yeah. And it's like, it's this six or seven course meal that comes out. Perfect. And you've got all the drama that comes around it but but again, yeah, it's like Julie and Julia. I think it, it's charming and it's nice and it's funny. Um, it's quite dry with his humour and you to do have a bit of sarcasm there. Like there's a really, really funny scene where they're trying to <laughs> explain an idiom to Primo yeah. and they're talking about how you say rain inside. Well, it's funny that you say inside with rain because it can't rain inside. <laughs> and it lasts about it a really good two does. minutes. Um, and it's it's a wonderful watch. And as I said at the, at the beginning when I started talking about it, it's this character actor um, masterclass because you've got Ian Holm who, to be honest, I don't know if I've actually seen him better. Yeah, he is a little bit over the top, but that's the character. That's the the persona he has within his restaurant. That's and his, his bursts are hilarious. Um, and he has this real talent to look both happy and sinister at the same time i'm i'm trying to find the menu all right okay what they did because like everything just looked amazing and i thought it would be quite nice even silly things like the soup yes the soup just looked so good but um and that's it i mean and there's loads of these sort of food movies about as well that make you happy we both love chef Oh, the John yes. Favreau movie. Um, we were both because um, I remember when we did our list, you put down Chef first, and I was like, oh, "I love that film because it's just." I just thought it was a little bit maybe too obvious. Do you think? Yeah. So then I thought. I mean, Big Night is a film that's been around for for a long time. Um, obviously, it's been around twenty three years. <laughs> uh, but I, I also thought that is a film that you haven't seen. No, that is very true. Because I actually, I actually wanted um, today's special, which is mm. a very small film, and mm. that one is about um, uh, 
gentleman in New York of Indian heritage. His mum and dad run an Indian restaurant and his dad gets ill and he has to go back home and he has to um, look after it. But it's not what he wanted to do. It's about him finding himself and falling in love. But the f- Indian food all the way through, I'm just sitting there going, I really want a curry. Yeah. I really want this. Um, but we couldn't find it. We couldn't find it anywhere. So if anybody yeah. spots it, watch that film. That film's really good as well. Yeah. It, it's just the spices. You can literally but, but see, it, smell it, it cooking it, through the TV. Yeah, it's, it's. I mean, there's, there's loads of people who are against like the fetishization of food Yeah. in each of the room, but I kind of love it because I love, it, again, it's coming back to Julia and Julia. It's that thirst for learning of wanting yeah. to do something different and give yourself an experience that you can't have. And not only is cooking an experience, but eating is an experience. It's, it's one of the yeah. most sensory experiences that you can have. And it's, at the moment, there is so much about that. I mean, we talked about Chef there. There's the Chef Show on Netflix. Yes. There's Chef's Table, which is the way people can film food. Yes, I love that. But it, it's... And it, it's, it's the, the massive... of. Um, popularity of instagram and of, of mm-hmm. food porn and of trying to make it look as appetizing as possible because oh, yeah. a bland picture on a menu doesn't do anything anymore no. you've got to make it look exciting absolutely my thing was well again going back to julie and julia was um amy child's character julie says about how she wants to and she remembers this book because she remembers her mum cooking from it she remembers her dad's boss coming around for tea and her mum cooking julia child's beef bourguignon yeah and just knowing that she was going to cook it and it was going to be perfect and it was going to taste wonderful and everything was going to be okay everybody has a certain kind of food that harks back to childhood could be a cooked meal it could be some sweets it could be anything everybody's got that and you could ask anybody like mine's the thornton's chocolate strawberry fondant pigs that they don't make anymore but i think of them and i instantly think of my papa and going uptown and getting a treat and then when my sister was born having to buy her a little pig each and every weekend and that will always be something that like i love yeah but it's food everybody has to eat yeah and there's so many memories. And generally, if you have a family gathering, food is involved. Yes. And therefore you get... I mean, we talked about nostalgia quite a lot last last episode. Yes. But food is nostalgia. It's a huge part of nostalgia. You can smell something cooking and instantly you're five years old again. Yeah, absolutely. And I think some of these, these films really hack back to that. Um, Especially as well in the big night because you see them standing there with their recipes when they're cooking stuff and the, it, the writing's so faded and the paper's so old yeah. it's like this is something that looks more like their mum or their grandma has passed down to them and they're cooking family recipes mm. that's how they learn to cook and uh, I mean, what i like about the big night is it is short it's not fancy it's not nothing it's really much more about the script than the way it's filmed but mm-hmm. it's it's kind of filmed authentic like authentically um, it doesn't try to be over stylized, but then you've got certain scenes. I mean, you've got the final scene, but there's a, there's, oh, a, there's, a, there's a scene where 
Primo and Secondo have an argument. Mm. Secondo leaves and they come back and Primo is sort of prepping. Sorry, no, sorry. Primo leaves and Secondo sort of prepping. They, they come back into the kitchen yeah. and it's done all in silence. But you understand there's an apology made yeah. without words being spoken. And the way they know their characters, and that is very family you know what I mean? You don't need mm-hmm. to say you're sorry. People understand that you've, you're both there for, you're both to blame. Yeah. And it's that that brotherly love between them I really like, especially in the final scene where Tucci, it's, it's one shot and he creates an... Yeah. Yeah. That's it. When I was I was about to say, like it's just that one long shot. It's just him and Mark Anthony to start off with. And... Um, I'm impressed. He made a very good omelette, just in all one shot, flipped it, everything. But it, you look at it, and even at, like it just feels so calm. Mm. They've got like the the loaves of bread. The kitchen's still a bit of a a mess from the night before. And then Primo comes in, and it's just like, I saved you some. Yeah. He automatically. They've just had a massive argument, but he's still gonna save his brother. Yeah. Some food. And you can just, they just sit there. And I love, like, the last little bit where it sort of pans around. And they're both, like, Mark Anthony goes out um, with, like, the last of his breakfast and just leaves them just to sit together. Yeah. And they're just sitting there with their arms around each other, just eating their breakfast. Yeah. Just eating some bread and some and, and some omelette and just, you don't know what's, it, it's that we're sorry, but we the, the, you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know no. if the fact that they had that big party, people are going to say, and they're going to end up being more popular. You don't know if they're going to leave, they're going to separate. Or... And that's what I really like, because if this was, I mean, I'm thinking about films now. I mean, this, this is not huge, hugely in the past, but if that was made through a studio, you would get the scene where the journalist is actually from like the New York Times and writes the best review ever. Yeah. And it's all happy endings. Yeah. Whereas it kind of ends on a downer because you've got the fact that Pascal sabotaged the entire night Mm -hmm. so that they would not succeed and they would fail so that he could take Primo for his own restaurant. Because he knows how good a chef he is. Yeah. And he says that, he says literally he, he is the best and he's a good investment. And like, they're talk, talking about people like, like yeah, like assets, but it is. And I, I mean, this movie, I think it's got so many different layers. It's, yes, it's a charming family comedy, yeah. but it's got a hell of a lot going for it. Yes. I would definitely recommend. Brilliant. To be watched. Do we have anything else to add? No. Are we going to go eat now, please? I'm going to go make you some tea. Yeah. There's no, there is no food yet ready. However, when you say you want to make me some, I sound like such like the typical man of like, oh, yes, my fiance is going to make me some food. I'm going I... to go. I cook Jordan's tea every <laughs> night. <laughs> but then Jordan does the dishes because I absolutely hate doing it. Yes. So it's very equal. <laughs> um... He makes things look prettier than I do, but I make better risotto. You do make better risotto. (laughs) 
So yeah, I think that's it for another episode. Yes. Um, we'll be back next week with a new topic. We yes. do need to start planning ahead so we can actually prompt people um, about what we're doing the next week. Okay. But but then the week after, after we'll, to be honest, we can talk about that next week. The week after, we will be planned. It will be sorted. We will. It is a national holiday. <laughs> so everybody will be ready. Right, yo. So I think that is the end of another episode. That is us done. Brilliant. So yeah, we'll see you next week and bye-bye from me. Bye.